The only constant in business is change. Welcome to Trends, Bends, and Opportunities, the show that explores business ups, downs, and possibilities. I'm Pat Lynch, and I'm a retired police supervisor, and now I teach and mentor real estate agents who are looking to stand out above the rest. My partner is Dr. Lauren Murfield. He's a former college professor who now works with business leaders, small and large, to do what they never thought possible. Together, we're Doc and the Cop, and we're here to help you think bigger, reach higher, and do what you never thought possible in order to deliver disruptive success for today's world. Let's go. Pat, I know you want to be in movies. You've been on a play, played a donut eating cop. Yeah, that was a tough role for me. That was really tough. I really had to pull out of my deep insides. Well, I pulled deep out of that donut bag too, right? <laughs> no, it was a box of donuts. Okay, get it right. Every time he showed up, he had a box, he had a donut in his hand. So anyway, I had to get into character. Well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And we're going to find out more about that. But um, just looking forward, just a little bit, well, looking back, we had Greg Woodward on on Tuesday talking about sales, uh, even giving us an international perspective on that. Um, next week, we have something special for him on Tuesday. We're, at, we're going to talk about the Pivotal Agent Program that Pat and I are launching. But also on Thursday, we have got a very, very special, this one is recorded, but you're going to want to be there for it because Debbie Lundberg, who is donating a kidney to really just an acquaintance and now they're friends, but she will be doing that on Thursday and we have recorded a uh, conversation with her to take us through that whole experience. So it was, uh, it's really cool. But before that, Pat, before we introduce Rob and Lexi, or Lexi and Rob. Pat, we've been hearing about this new podcast. You want to tell us more? If I can figure out how to get myself on screen again. My mouse does not want to work now. <laughs> I love there you are. There I am. <laughs> All right. The, the podcast Doc is alluding to is blowing up on Spotify. It's on fire on Apple Podcasts, but it is called Holy Crap. How'd they do that? And it's Doc and I taking a look at disruptive thinking. And we go back 500 years, ahead 50 years. Um, Friday's topic was a boring topic, um, talking about uh, the boring tunnel project in Las Vegas. Phenomenal disruptive uh, way of thinking. Uh, you definitely want to tune in. It's called Holy Crap, How'd They Do That? Listen wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you like, follow, share, send up smoke signals, bring us some donuts, something like that, just to show your appreciation. Well, Pat, that uh, we both know that was fascinating to see, and um, I don't know what it takes to get me back on screen. You're on on my screen. Oh, well, then it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, let's get right to it with this, because here are two people that have become my heroes. You know, when you, uh, in late March, when I sat down and two and a half hours later, I had a movie short. I had this, this screenplay written for a movie short. It's one of those stream of consciousness writing that it just came to me. And then you say, now what? What do I do now? What do I do with this? Well, Linda Har is out there. She's another one of my angels. And she says, you want to make it? Let's make it. 
And I says, okay, who do we bring in? And she says, there's only two people to bring in. You got to bring in Lexi to do the directing and you got to bring in Rob, that husband wife team that work in synchronous. Uh, I can't say the word. Synchronicity. They're in sync. Yeah, thank you. I should have just kept with one word. They're in sync. <laughs> they work together. That, yeah, that too. And, um, and they proved it out. So we had, I will get to that in a little bit, but now to introduce, I just want to introduce Lexi and Rob. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank wow, you. That, was, that was so beautiful. My eyes watering a little. <laughs> <laughs> Got a, wow, single tear. <laughs> I, I think Pat gets a tear in his eye too. So. Yeah, I'm wise to that whole Hollywood movie stuff though. You can pull a hair out of your nose and cry. Exactly. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anybody our secrets. <laughs> so, so let me just ask you guys um, an answer at will, but how long have you been making movies? Well, I started as an actor at FSU in about 2011. I mean, I've been an actor since I was about 12, but I started in theater. Um, I started acting in film at FSU in 2011, and it very quickly became another art form that I enjoy. Um, and then I moved on to do lots of indie films, and then eventually I opened up my own production company with two really good friends, uh, all female run. And then when I met Rob, we I started directing. I started directing with my friend's production company with us together, but then I had my feature directorial debut in, I want to say it was what, 2000, when did we start shooting Providence? 2016. Yeah, so 2016 was when I made my feature debut, um, and then it's just been acting and directing. I've just kept moving forward since. I can't seem to stop. Rob, what about you? <laughs> so I kind of, I kind of fell into filmmaking by accident, really. Um, I, I, it wasn't anything that I kind that I sought out uh, specifically. What you know, my my story was, uh, uh, I guess, originated with music. I, I've always been uh, a musician. I've played drums in various bands my whole life, and so um, coming out of the military in 06, you know, it took a little while, but I knew that I wanted to get back to uh, doing music, you know, and I, I got together eventually with the, the old friends that I, I was in a band with previously. We started this band, uh, and, um, you know, eventually as we got more material written and uh, one thing and another, I, I decided that it would be cool to maybe start doing some video content for the band. That's just the, the concept of the band was kind of evolving into a, a kind of a kind of a viewpoint on technology and in the modern world, so to speak. Um, and so I just wanted to, I wanted to create some video content that reflected uh, some of the song material that we were coming up with. And so I, I went up to uh, Best Buy and my guitarist and I, we chipped in on a cheap little $200 camcorder at Best Buy and just went to work with it. And so, um, you know, that's how, that's kind of, that, that was kind of the, the humble beginnings of how I got into it, you know, and, and eventually, um, none of the stuff I shot back then was any good. I'll be honest. It was terrible, but <laughs> it was fun, you know, and, and 
I, I just happened to know a couple of people that were that were connected to uh, the, the local filmmaking community that kind of helped me out a little bit in those early days and kind of got me um, kind of got me pointed in a good direction with it all. And, and I, I realized after some time doing it that I had a passion for it. And that kind of evolved into doing still photography and one thing and another and I got better equipment and better gear and I just kept at it and uh you know the the more I got involved with um some of the local filmmakers and uh people that are in this local scene here the the, the better I got and I, I learned from a lot of people I just ended up helping out on a lot of film sets and that's kind of where I, I got to know how film sets work um, just by pitching in and helping out whatever I could. It was just moving equipment around or, um, you know, just being a production assistant or whatever, you know, before I even got near the camera department. And so, um, so that was really helpful. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, on my own, I just kept shooting things with my own equipment and growing from there. And, um, you know, eventually it just kind of evolved. And, Lexi and I met on a film set that I was a cinematographer for and, and, you know, our relationship, you know, took off and, and then we kind of started doing things together like that, you know, so, and like she, like it's been alluded to, we, uh, we made a feature film uh, together uh, with her directing. It was one that I wrote and shot and she uh, directed and um, it took a while to get done, but we're very proud of it. So I, that in itself was a very steep learning curve because taking on a feature film is a whole different animal than short films. And um, there were a lot of lessons that came crashing through the door on that one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and of course you're funded by millionaires that uh, have all kinds of budget and you don't have to have a day job for any of this, right? <laughs> uh, on the contrary. Yeah. I'm still, uh, I'll, 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 I'm still paying off uh, debt from making our feature film. Uh, that'll, that'll be a while crawling out of that hole financially, but it was still worth it. You know, we, we, we made it happen, which um, that's, it was a huge accomplishment. And yeah, would have been possible without the help of everybody that we had on that crew, you know? So I've got to give a, a firm shout out to, to everyone that was a part of the production team and the cast on that. Yeah. We, we called in a lot of favors and man, they, they delivered. Um, mm. I, I'm, I'm still grateful as grateful as can be for, for, for all their, for all their help. Yep. If you're a business leader and you want to do what you never thought possible, connect with Dr. Murfield at murfieldcoaching.com. That's murfieldcoaching.com. Yeah, I'm mesmerized at this whole concept of, of movie making and the, the thought that goes behind like being a cinematographer. So I've got a really, um, you know, question from the heart here. Um, traditional or jelly filled? <laughs> uh, I'm more of a traditional guy, I guess, you know, myself. Uh, <laughs> Can't say that we eat too many donuts, uh, do we, Lexi? Yeah, no, <laughs> but 
Not really jelly filled, more like cream filled, chocolate cream. There you go. Anything with chocolate chocolate will get her attention. Anything, yeah. Well, you know, maybe you guys could help Pat because he's he's aspiring to get into film, but what was it they said about your appearance, Pat? Oh, I I, I was told I have the uh, perfect appearance for radio. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's a there, there's a person there's there's a part for every person out there. You know, you just got to find it. Yeah, especially that's definitely something I've learned watching TV shows and movies. Like, there's there is a part for everyone out there. <laughs> so why do it? Um, because you're not going to be nominated for an Academy Award more likely this year with a movie short or something, right? You don't know that. No, no. <laughs> Could be so, someday. Um, uh, I guess the reason some people would say, well, why do it? Um, are you going to make a lot of money? Are you going to get an Academy Award? Um, and what if you don't get any of that? Why, why make films? Hmm. The only way I can describe it is that it's a calling. It's a thing that you do and it's something you cannot live without. I have felt that way about acting my entire life. It has always been, acting and performing has always been something I do. And I even tried when I got out of college to kind of put it behind me and, you know, get a regular day job. And it kind of felt like there was something missing. Um, So I, I, you know, all I can tell you is that it's a calling and it's just, it's something you do and it'll eventually get bigger. You know, everybody starts out small in the beginning and then you grow. I, I was listening to a podcast the other day and why can't I think of uh, um, Michael's name? Michael Imperioli, I'm listening to a, a podcast that he, he and uh, another actor do with, about the uh, Sopranos and he kind of got his start categorizing movies um, in Martin Scorsese's office. He never really had anything to do with uh, uh, Martin Scorsese, but it was uh, he because he worked four fly- flights down. But he was it was just grunt work, mm-hmm. and it was just got him closer to something. And then he eventually started working some off off Broadway which I didn't know you could have a double off, but there's off, off Broadway, then there's off Broadway, then there's Broadway. And, uh, and he kind of got noticed and then uh, started and then from there. And it was a, it was a long buildup for him. And, you know, he ends up on one of the most popular shows of uh, television history. Yep. That's how you do it. And, you know, another thing people don't realize with working in a creative field, like filmmaking, acting, TV, even theater is that it's, you have to go for longevity. Like you can't just go into it thinking, I'm gonna be famous in two years. Like it doesn't happen that way. There's so much competition and you have to build resilience. You have to have a life outside of it too. Um, but yeah, it's it's about longevity essentially. And that's, that's how people end up getting where they wanna go and reaching their goals. <clears throat> so in that respect, it's not much different than any other career or entrepreneurial venture? Pretty much. Yeah, I would say so. Um, Except, you know, you do have to make money and you, you know, you don't make a lot of money doing this at first. So you do have to learn how to be financially responsible and you do have to have a job. And a lot of us do have day jobs. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, and I've got a career job that you know takes up my my uh, weekdays, you know, and uh, it 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 has to come first, you know. I mean, the the filmmaking stuff, as passionate as I am about it, it's it doesn't pay the bills, you know. So. I, I kind of have to, you know, I've had to learn to straddle those two wor worlds and, and, and be able to reconcile, you know, the, the demands of each, um, you know, in, in a way that uh, doesn't overtax my, my, my system too much, you know, and I, I have, I have a tendency and Lexi will be the first to verify this to overload my plate at times. And, you know, yeah. because I want to do everything, <laughs> yeah. but you know, you, you have to kind of take a step back and, and realize, you know, you, you do the things that you feel are important. And, you know, part of that, and I think, you know, Lexi and I are on the same page, you know, it's, it's, um, we, we've had to be become a bit more selective in what we choose to take on in, in our creative endeavors, as a result, because there was a time when we were just saying yes to everything. And it was too much. And a lot of it was it was a a matter of quantity versus quality and the quality wasn't there in a lot of, you know, a, a lot of times, and it was, why are we doing this? You know, so, you know, what keeps us going is the, 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 the I guess the, the potential and the promise of being able to take part in things that matter, you know, things that, ha that, that do contain a certain level of quality and that the output is, worthy of our efforts and the sacrifices that we have to make to to make it happen um so you know that's part of that balancing act and um you know like lexi said you know i mean you have to you have to be in it for the long haul this is you know it's i mean coming from a you know from from my from my background being in bands my whole life you know there was always you know I was 16 years old thinking okay we'll we'll get this band together and then you know we'll we'll get signed and we'll go tour tour the world and none of that happened that way you know it's just you know the the thing is you know I I realized at a very early age that you know this is this is what I'm passionate about and for me the reward is the creation of that thing you know, and, and to be able to look at that thing and say that, hey, we did that, you know, and it means something, you know, it has meaning, it has value. Um, and to me that that that's worth it, you know, and, and certainly we would all love to take it to the next level and, you know, be able to sell a script to a major studio and get funding to make a multi-million dollar film. And um, that can happen. That could certainly happen, but the odds are stacked against us, you know. And so you have to realize that, like, if you're not doing this because you're passionate about it, you, you're you're probably not doing the right thing with your life, you know. And so, you know, we I, I never lose sight of that, you know. That I'm I'm in it for the creation of the art and and doing doing something that matters, whether or not it gets seen by two hundred people or two million people. We hope it gets seen by the right people. Yeah. Well, Doc, yeah. and Doc, I th it goes back to the point I made earlier that uh, this is a lot like entrepreneurship, uh, yeah. and, and and Rob nails it. You know, you have to be passionate. You don't you don't just decide, hey, I'm gonna you know create this software that does X Y Z because I might be able to make a ton of money on it. You mm -hmm. you design this software. You know, a, a good example would be the platform we're broadcasting on right now. It's Facebook. Mark yep. Zuckerberg started trying to solve a problem of communicating with fellow students. 
That's mm -hmm. where it came from. He didn't say, hey, I'm going to design this thing and become a gajillionaire. That, <clears throat> that was a really nice byproduct, but that was not what his, he set out to do. And he probably wouldn't have been as successful as you've seen some of the startups that have tried to create these social media networks that have just sizzled because they didn't have the, the passion that it took to get something like that going. Well, you're right, Pat, yep. because uh, as you've heard me say over and over again, that you gotta, you gotta work out of your passion. You gotta work inside out, not outside in. And if you're working outside in, you're just out there trying to get a buck. Instead of when you're working inside out, you're, you're, you're anchoring into your passion, your perspective, your purpose, and, and to really take that to a whole nother level. And um, uh, Lexi and Rob, I, I wanna do something very briefly before we get to the preview of Deceived and get into that. But can you give us just a thumbnail sketch of the amount of time and effort that it takes to make even a movie short, which is what our, this movie's about, our movie's about 10 minutes, but your feature was an hour and a half. And I think it took you two years to make that. Mm -hmm. It did. Right. Ours, yeah, it was, it was, I think we cut it down to an hour and a half, but it was a lot longer. And there were, you know, so many moving parts go into making a feature film. Um, you know, you spend 12 hours on set to get one good scene, one or two really good scenes. Um, and we had to kind of work around everybody's schedules because everyone else has day jobs. So we were mostly shooting on weekends. Um, mm -hmm. And then on top of that, we had some family stuff happened so we had to table the project for a while and that was like what a year that we were out it was a, it was a few months it wasn't a full year okay we had, we, had to take a, we had to step back for a few months and let all that settle out and then we picked yeah. up the race again when the time was right we were like all right let's get this finished yeah. you know yeah. let's get it out let's get it seen because there are people that are waiting on it and we're just kind of sitting on this project If you're a Florida real estate agent and you are looking to stand out above the rest, check out Momentum Real Estate at winmomentum.com. That's W-I-N momentum.com. To, uh, to kind of focus on the, the deceived, and we're not going to tell them about plot other than the preview, um, they can come to the premiere on August 27th at 6.30 at the Center Club. But, um, and I'll ask each of you in separate segments, Lexi, what goes into directing before you ever get to the day of the film, to filming? Okay, so directing involves corresponding with every other department on creative decisions, technical, technical decisions, um, it's figuring out what the writer's vision is for it, figuring out, communicating with the cinematographer how you want all the shots to look, figuring out with wardrobe, you know, how you want the characters to dress, how you want them to say their lines, how you want them to carry themselves. It's working with the actors, you know, making sure they're doing the work and that they understand their characters. It's working with editing, making sure that everything looks good in the final cut. You know, if you hate the music, you got to tell the editor, hey, I don't like that song you used, or this cut is a little awkward. It's a lot. Like, there's a lot to it that goes into it. Um, a lot of moving parts. Um, it's also analyzing the script, 
you know, making sure, you know, everything's, it's talking to the writer, saying what they want, filtering out from there. So if yeah. there was a hierarchy, if there's a CEO for a movie, what's that title? Uh, producer. Director, or is that producer or executive it's producer? Okay. You know, the director, the director handles like all the creative decisions and they all kind of correspond together and it's supposed to be cohesive. The producer makes all of the final calls at the end of the day. Okay. So if you're in the editing room and the director likes this, but the producer likes that, the producer wins out? Um, not necessarily. Uh, the producer kind of handles... I don't know, Rob, maybe you can describe it better than well, I Well, yeah, I mean, I've never uh, this, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, so typically the, the 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 dollars are coming from the producer's pockets, you know. So he yeah. he does have, you know, he or she does have some say in in what, you know, happens with the film. A lot of times they have, you know, they have a very certain vision, creative vision themselves, you know, if if it's a if it's a smaller project, you know, I think, and I don't, I can't speak from experience because <clears throat> we're, we're, we're not in that world, but you know, like a lot of the bigger budget films, um, you know, you have these, uh, the, these producers that have several projects going on at once and they, they don't want to get involved in the nitty gritty details like that. So they, they leave it to the director to, okay, he, you know, make this film something that'll make money because that's, that's, that's big business for them, you know, and they want to yeah. make the money, so. They also, it, you know, that involves like picking viable actors who are going to make money for the film that are going to sure. draw viewers. Yep. You know, so, you know, really, I think probably more often than not, you know, the, the overall creative direction of any film is, is, is going to, originate from the collaboration between the director and the cinematographer and um you know some of the other creative elements on set and then to an extent the producer you know i mean because it like i said it just depends on the size of the project depends on how that hierarchy is structured you know every film you know is especially in the indie film world you know that 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 can you probably see a lot more producer influence on indie film projects than in the big budget major studios uh, I, I would guess, you know, because like I said, we don't have any experience in that world. So all we, all we know right now is, is really indie filmmaking. <laughs> well, what is the, what's been the trend in the indie film uh, making in Tampa during the pandemic? So a lot of precautions need to be taken on set. Um, if it's a union set, even more so. Um, I know with like SAG, Screen Actors Guild sets, you have to have a COVID compliance officer. Uh, and our set, you know, ours was non-union. So we didn't have to, but we, we designated one anyway, just to make sure people's we're, we're, were yeah, we, we want to we adhere to that standard regardless because yeah. there may very well be projects to follow where it's going to be union. And, you know, we want to just, we want to have that, we want to be conditioned to already have those things in place exactly and then i know on union sets people are required to get covid testing the day before set which you know for some people that's hard to get because it takes like days weeks to get their results back but that's you know what the union is requiring um, i know for us we did the safe sets international uh certification and i imagine they would have to take that too uh, on a union set but you have to basically find out the best precautions to take 
Uh, we definitely had smaller cast and crew for this project. Mm -hmm. I mean, we didn't really need a lot of people anyway, but we wanted to be safe, better safe than sorry. A big thing on set is having one department at a time setting up on set. So everyone's not bustling around and breathing in each other's air. Um, making sure everybody has a mask on, hands are washed. Food has to be individually wrapped now. We're not doing like buffet style. And then a lot of productions. Oh, that's a downer. Publix commercial, man, they had quite a spread. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Those chicken tenders, man. <laughs> Nobody can stick their hands in the chicken tenders anymore. You got to get your own. <laughs> but yeah, so it's basically just being super careful with the pandemic and making sure nobody gets sick. When and then temperature we, checks. I think we had three dates tentatively set at some point, one in May, and then we had to postpone that, and then in June, and then finally we filmed uh, in July 18th. Yep. And um, one of the things that, you know, the, the pandemic, and so, what about masks? What did, what did we do for masks on the set? Oh, so I just bought a box of them and I said, I said, you can bring your own mask, but you know, we bought boxes of masks and hand sanitizer, you know, and we were going to strategically place the hand sanitizer different places on the set so that there was one conveniently located. Personally, I'm a fan of just washing my hands. So if I wanted to wash my hands, I just went to the bathroom and did that. But you know, it was there for everybody. And then I had a big box of masks everybody could use. And, and I know I know you went to um, FSU, I heard that. So go Noels, by the way. Um, but, but one of the cool things, and I can't remember the name of the gas station, but there was a gas station way back when I lived in Tallahassee, back in the early 90s, that had um, hand washing sinks at the gas pump. Like, Wow, I mean, maybe we'll start to see some of that stuff come back. But I was like, that was pretty cool because who the heck doesn't want to wash your hands after pumping gas, but you don't always yeah. want to go into the store. And now I don't really want to have to mask up and then go into the store and, and deal with all the stuff that's going on in the store. Uh, but what a, So hopefully we'll see hand washing stations start to pop up again. Um, so yeah. people who like to wash our hands, we'll be able to do that. Yep. There's nothing worse than walking around with gritty hands. Like, what do I do with these? Uh. <laughs> yeah, I know we're we're all focused on coronavirus. There's 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 more than just one virus in the world out there. There's yeah. all sorts of stuff we don't want to get. And yeah. <laughs> what's funny is we don't think about it. Like we've gotten so comfortable with the way things are. We're like, eh, whatever. If I get the flu, it's fine. And now like, COVID is happening, and everyone's like, ah, oh, don't touch me. Stay six feet away, wash your hands, hand sanitizer, masks, don't breathe in my air. Like, don't breathe in my uh, my bubble, no. you know? So it, it's funny how a pandemic can change our perspective a little bit. Be sure to like, follow, and share us wherever you're tuned in today. So Lexi, one of the things you were dealing with that um, that I thought you did so well, because we filmed in, let's just say, some trying environment, because mm -hmm. we had an unheated warehouse in Florida, 
that had to been what 100 degrees with fans off oh it was so hot in there why would you and not turn the fans on hello because because, because uh, when you're trying to do the scene the boom microphone picks it up so we basically had to have absolute silence to be able to hear the actors and you know you wow, can see a novice wouldn't wouldn't pick that up i'm thinking exactly. let's pretend it's windy outside today <laughs> exactly but they're in a warehouse so it doesn't make sense but yeah like that's un one of the unfortunate byproducts of working on set in general is a lot of times you have to have dead silence i mean sometimes you can fix things in post-production and editing but why would you want to do that to the editor you know be kind to your editor just turn the fans off yeah and so for everybody listening you can imagine we're in a hundred degree warehouse and i know that two of us are actors are in suits it's warm uh we're trying to get sets and one of us had a little trouble with lines because of their age and the heat and then you throw in it's understandable on your part lauren yeah well then 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 you have you think you've got a really good cut really good scene and then we hear somebody say nope airplane came over yeah, or the drag racing, or the motorcycle, or the car, fill in the blank. And yet, Lexi, as a director, there was no drama on the set. That that's how it would be, man. <laughs> There's uh, all kinds of, of background. Sets, so that's not, a lot of Hollywood is known for not quite the same way, though. Correct? Yeah. Um, there are some sets where there's been a lot of stress and a lot of drama. Um, I've never been on a set like that yet, so I imagine so it's one of those things you have to stay calm and keep your composure. Yeah. You're there to do a job. And I think, you know, that, that, it, that's another, that's another, uh, demarcation line, you know, between, you know, the, the low budget indie world and the, the, the big budget. Cause a lot of the, a lot of the sets where you hear of things being very high stress like that. And you, you, you know, uh, you have a, you have a, a very, uh, intense director or somebody, some other person, maybe a line producer or a assistant director, somebody that's cracking the whip, you know, because there are like real dollars on the line, you know, and that they, there's, there's, there's money to be lost if this thing isn't completed within a certain time frame. So that, 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 that by default creates a much higher level of stress, you know, in that environment. And so everybody's really trying to get things done. Um, you know, so, you know, here it, it's, it, I, I see a lot of, I've seen some stressful situations on set in the indie film world. And I kind of like, I just kind of have to pump the brakes a little bit and ask myself, why, why are, why is everybody stressing out over this? There's not some media mogul sitting behind a desk somewhere demanding that this thing be done by a certain time, you know, let's, let's all relax. Let's enjoy this process and, you know, get it done, you know? And so I, I think, you know, that, that, that is another big difference between that world and the in the world that we're in currently you know so if we ever do graduate to that other world you know then it might be a little bit of a culture shock you know but <laughs> um you know we'll cross that bridge when we get to it part of it too is change the culture part part of it yeah. is um 
I just like the attitude that Lexi and Rava that you took on the set. And I think, let's face it, when you got a husband or wife team that are working in sync, that makes makes it uh, work well too. But Pat, yeah. you know, a picture is worth a thousand words, so maybe a movie trailer would be worth even more. Why don't we go ahead and watch the movie trailer, and that, and then we can come back and clean up some of the questions from Facebook. Absolutely, and I, I'll tell you what, I love movies. My favorite part of going to the movies is watching the trailers. Um, I hate when people are coming and going during the trailers because I would almost rather watch the trailers than the movie itself. Um, but just that to be seen. Uh, Doc, you should have the ability to share your screen. Make sure you click the button to share your audio. I'm trying to do that. Just hang on just a minute and uh, see if we can't get to it. Ah, oh, there it is. Should we have a drum roll or? Oh, we don't need a drum roll. I will tell everybody at home, turn up your speakers. Yes, do that. Here we go. Now the weird part is, Doc, when you hit the end button, um, sometimes when you play off an internet, we have so many connections going on. Sometimes it doesn't show good here, but it may have showed pre pretty clear on Facebook. Um, can we put this link in the uh, Facebook comments? Yeah, I don't see any problem with that. Yeah, so it, sometimes, um, Playing from one, playing from like Vimeo to Facebook, uh, they don't really play well together. And then you throw in Zoom as it is. Um, it was a little, it was a little choppy on my end. It may have shown oh, clear on Facebook. A little but I choppy on my end too. Yeah. This is a really good. Here we go. It's a, it's a really good. Oh, that's that red phone ringing. Yeah, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> so um rob i'll ask i guess i'll ask this one to you or lexi you can pick uh drop in too so we talked about the trend kind of what you were having to do to, to do uh, and the bend of what's uh what you had to do with covid but what about any opportunities that covid brought about um well um this one for example deceived uh you know that was uh that was one that kind of w was was kind of birthed from this you know this whole current event thing happening uh you know in our world right now so uh not to give too much away but um you know opportunities have it, it's been it's been a little like mo like many industries i guess you know things have been a bit suppressed you know on on the film side you know and in fact, you know, I've been paying attention to, you know, some of the, uh, 
some of the some of the uh, studios and the streaming platforms and whatnot. There's a lot of a lot of stuff that we watch, a lot of stuff that we follow, and a lot of productions are being pushed back and put on hold. And I I I kind of feel that this COVID situation is going to result in um, a, a bit of a gap in the release of content. You know, and I don't mean just from our local area. I mean you know stuff that's widely available. Uh, in addition to, you know, things that have happened in our local area. I know that there have been a couple of things that have kind of kept, you know, kind of picked up and kept going, I, I guess, locally. I've, I've seen in bits and pieces here and there, but um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of things have, have shut down. You know, we, Lexi and I are also involved in a, in another production. It's a series uh, that's uh, being shot in, um, uh one one season's already up on amazon we're getting ready to go into the second season which is going to be a sag production which is a union and uh we can't we can't do it until the COVID threat has passed uh there's an actor that is coming out from la and and their agent will not let them travel the sag will not let them travel for this production uh with with the situation being what it is right now so there are definite limitations to some of the productions that are happening out there. Um, some that we're involved with, excuse me, some that we're involved with and some that we've seen, you know, just from knowing people. Um, but, you know, we're, we're doing what we can. <clears throat> and, I, and I think the more we learn about COVID and, and learn how we can still get these things done in a, in a safe manner, uh, you know, productions will start to pick up you know i think i think like like it was on on this film on deceived you know some of us have to wear a few more hats uh i i think you know ordinarily for a project such as this i i, I would have liked to have seen maybe um you know at least three or four other people on set you know a couple of production assistants uh maybe an assistant camera and an assistant director uh and you know we didn't have any of that and so we had to just really kind of wear multiple hats and get it all done. Uh, so I think that's going to be the, the trend going forward is that the productions that are happening and that will continue to happen, at least for the foreseeable future, are going to be done so with, uh, with uh, far fewer resources and fewer people on set. And so the ones that are there are going to have to probably pull double, triple duty to, to get it done. Uh, but that's, that's what we do. <laughs> you know, we figure out a way to make it happen. Pat, what other questions are on Facebook? I, I have a question. I have a question that came from on Facebook and I, I won't uh, say who did it because I don't want anyone to get a shoe thrown at them. Um, um, the question from Facebook is, and, and I'm, I'm going to frame the question my way, but, um, you've got the perfect script don't know what it is. You got the perfect script. You got the, an unlimited budget. Your a number one choice for your star is who? Any name in the business. Is that a question for us or? Yeah. Yeah. That came from Facebook. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, I guess it would depend on what the project is. <laughs> That's why I picked It's a different pro. You pick it. The, yeah. the project fits the budget fits the script fits. Who, who would be like your dream, I, I, that's my word, but who would be like who do, your- Who do you want to work with? Yeah, who would you like most like to work with? 
I don't care. I'm just a cinematographer. I'll work with anyone. <laughs> as long as long as I as long as the lighting looks good, I'm happy. <laughs> That'll be a question for Lexi. I bet as soon as she gets back to her seat, she'll she'll be happy to answer that. I, I don't I, I can't I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. I mean, I would like there are certain people I would love to work with. Like I would love to like work with Jim Carrey from like the 90s. <laughs> Or maybe the early 2000s because like I, we talk we joke about that all the time it's like how fun would that that have been to, to be on set with that guy you know and just you know it's just a, a comedy show when the camera's rolling and when it's not you know with that with that guy if you, you know, haven't watched it he did an episode with jerry seinfeld of comedians in cars getting yeah. coffee yeah. yes classic yeah, old jim carrey that's classic yep. old jim carrey lexi yep. you missed the question so i'm going to ask mm -hmm. you because uh, rob deferred to you as a director but you you're a director you've got the perfect script you've got the budget the, who's the person you would most like to be in your starring role if the script fits the person and the budget fits? So who is it? Oh God, I have no idea. I've never thought about it from a director standpoint. I've thought about it from an actor standpoint. Like I know like all the people I would like to act with. No, who's your Who's your actor? Who's your Who's your Who's your starring role? Oh God, um, where do I start? I would love to work with like some of the people from SNL, like Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, Kristen Wiig. I would love to work with them. They're all like dynamic women, amazing actors. Um, uh, so much pressure. I have no idea. <laughs> Who would I like to direct? Maybe you should start throwing the shoe the other way, Lauren. <laughs> well, you know, when... You know, when you get the when you get the COVID supervisor asking questions about acting, that's what you get. You know, <laughs> <laughs> stay in your lane, Lisa. <laughs> I mean, whoever asked that question anonymously. <laughs> Go ahead, Lex. If I had to direct somebody, I don't know. Pass. I'm gonna come back later. <laughs> I'll come back to it. Let me think about it. Uh, that's let, let me ask this um rob you're a cinematographer and you had what at least a dozen 15 20 shots that you had to do in a 10-minute film um some people say well just use your iphone and go out and shoot it <laughs> react to that uh well because they've, they've done it, right? iPhone camera technology is coming along these days. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There, you know, there, I, a lot of times, and I've, I've kind of half-joked, and I, I mean that half-joking, half-jokingly, like they come out with this new iPhone that I, I look at the quality of the camera, and I'm, I look at this studio. I'm sitting in my studio right now, and I'm surrounded by all of my gear and the thousands of dollars I spent on it at this point. Like, why did I buy all this? <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, technology just you know came up behind me and and rendered all this obsolete. Well, the, the, well, the good the part is all that stuff's cheap, so you just get more of it. I, I mean, so shooting a shooting a film on an iPhone is not actually a crazy concept, believe it or not. There have been some feature films that have been shot on an iPhone, um, you know, and there's there's one on uh, excuse me, one on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix now called Tangerine that was shot entirely on an iPhone. Um, 
And it's interesting to me that somebody would be willing to do that, would be willing to go that route. And, you know, think about, you know, the, the, just the physical, uh, constraints of having a big camera rig, you know, and, and, and having to move that thing around and come up with ways to, to move it cinematically and things like that. With an iPhone, you get a, a small little gimbal and you, the, the world is yours, you know? So, you know, I, from a practical standpoint, I mean, somebody that's starting out, why not? Um, you know, just go for it, you know, just, just shoot whatever you want and with whatever you got. Um, you know, and well, it's kind of like you were talking about. You bought a two hundred dollar camcorder at Best Buy. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Certainly not the you know. In fact, a, a first version of the iPhone is probably better than a professional studio camera they were using in the fifties or seventies, maybe even. Oh yeah, I, I mean, absolutely, without a doubt. You know, I I mean, it's just. Uh, Camera technology, like other forms of technology, have followed the same exponential rise, you know, over the past few decades, you know, and in another 10 years from now, we're going to be looking at the stuff we have now as, as, wow, I can't believe we were using that crap. <laughs> you know, it's just, where does it, where does it end? You know, where does it go? You know, it's just like, I'm, it's a. Uh, Black Magic. I'm, a, I'm, 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 a, I'm fond of Black Magic cameras. They just released a 12K camera. Uh, this is uh, their um, one of. And I have been trying so to many. count on my TV, and I can't get past about 2,700K, and I lose count. Have to start all over. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, and and for the for any cinematographers out there who may be watching, they they probably understand this language. But the 12K cameras, they're is is in their ursa mini line so the ursa mini pro line so they the the last one that they released was a 4.6k camera of course your reds have uh been doing the 8k cameras for quite some time so now black magic has upstaged them with the 12k camera which you know there's only a there's only there's only so much that you can so far you can go with resolution because the human eye cannot detect anything beyond a certain resolution you know in fact you know a lot of 4k tvs people are sitting too too far away from them for the for for them to be even uh for 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 that to be even beneficial they're not they're not seeing any significant difference between a standard 1080p hd screen and a 4k screen you know it's just a 4k there's a lot of marketing involved with all this you know and there's a there's a point where it's just it kind of exceeds its own practicality in my opinion all right, I got an answer to my question. No. <laughs> Sorry, there was a break in the conversation, so That's I fine. decided to chime in. I would like to direct Tom Hanks or Morgan Freeman. Yeah, good choices. Okay. Yeah. Good, phenomenal yeah. actors and uh, yeah. um, some of the best of our time for sure. Uh, yeah. Tom Hanks, we just watched that Greyhound movie. What? A, and I'm not. I don't get paid to do endorsements for him, oh, but what a great wow. movie that is! If you have, uh, we, we watched know, it the other night. Or Apple so. Plus or something. Yeah. Or something like yeah, he is so talented, and he just seems like a real like down to earth guy, and just really nice. And I, you know, those are the kind of people I want to work with. I want to work with good people. Um, and then Morgan Freeman, like that voice. <laughs> he always plays like the real like. I don't know. I just love Morgan Freeman. I want, I want Morgan Freeman to narr narrate my life. 
Uh, right? I want him to, yeah, I want him to narrate my life. <laughs> I want to wake up in the morning and hear Morgan Freeman's voice narrating my my life. Morgan, you know? he played you know, God for Morgan crying out loud. Freeman. Morgan Freeman can be your Alexis voice. Yeah. Exactly. And he played God. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, you know, Rob and Lexi, this has been fantastic, but we're bumping up against time. Um, just thank you very much. Thank you for not only doing my my first movie and doing it so well. Uh, I invite everybody to you know click on the video and look at it without being choppy, um, and really understand what went into making that. And that was just the trailer. And for those in the Tampa area, we'll be getting the information out about the premiere. But uh, thank you very much for for being on today and. and kind of pulling back the curtain and helping understand just the thumbnail sketch. I mean, it's it's such a complicated process, so involved, and such a magical experience to see it start to finish. And um, so thank you for being on this. Uh, Pat, how about thank we you give for them a us. little uh, challenge before we go? I hope that challenge is some sort of inspiration because Rob, Rob and Lexi both uh, have kind of inspired me. Uh, it certainly doesn't sound like they've had any snow days. I don't have anything to drink. Sorry, Doc. I'm glad uh, you got but, that because we almost went an episode without that mention. Yes, but it doesn't sound like it's been much of a snow day for them. It sounds like it's been uh, some great creative juices flowing during all of this. And uh, I, it's been great. Uh, I can't wait to see the uh, full movie. Um, and uh, I wish you all both, uh, both of you, uh, huge success. And I know it's coming to you. Um, so, Doc, we've got to leave with a challenge. So, what's the challenge? Leave with the challenge? I'm just going to sum it up. You know, we always leave a challenge with think bigger, reach higher, do what you think is impossible. For a lot of people, they think acting, directing, doing a video, cinematographer, making a movie, they think that's impossible. Well, impossible simply means you don't have the resources yet. And it's, it's all making a movie is about reaching out to other people in a collaborative project. It's taking a shot. It's writing it. It's having an idea. And, and the other thing it is when you think bigger and reach higher to do the impossible, you do, and I forget who said this, but you try something new that you currently suck at. When you start, like Rob said, you start, you get the camera and you look and you go, yeah, that was all garbage, but it got me started. Mm -hmm. It beats laying under the bed during a snow day or in bed or under the covers or whatever you do. It's, but it's like, do something. And with the independent film industry, you want to get involved. If you're willing to work, if you're willing to be good about it, there's probably going to be room for you. And, um, and if you got a little money to spend, there's definitely room for you. And you can do it for a lot less than what you think. So think bigger. Don't think somebody else will do that. I can't do that. Don't think that way. Think this is my opportunity. Think bigger, reach higher. And when you do that, you look back. And what I did when I saw this, when I saw the movie, I was blown away with what Rob and Lexi had helped make a reality and it's like, wow. And then what's happened? You catch that bug, not COVID. You catch the movie bug and you say, I want to do more. I want to do better. I want to do this. I want to do that. Let's go. I can't wait for the next mm. time. 
think bigger, retire. Let's do the impossible together. And with that, Pat, let's all do the safe set greeting of jazz hands. We'll see you back here next Tuesday. Bye, Take care. Thanks, Thanks Rob guys. Thank you, guys. You can connect with us directly at TotalCareerGrowth.com. That's TotalCareerGrowth.com. Mm-hmm.